Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. You can Back at you, topics worthy of discussion with our panel and one such. I was just making a reference uh, before we broke that there was a story that came out on Friday about uh, a group of young people, 15-year-olds. Uh, they went for a school trip to uh, the Lincoln Memorial. And uh, while they, this was Friday in Washington, and uh, while they were waiting for the bus, I guess, to take them home, uh, they got into a confrontation with, uh, there were two groups, and uh, one involved a Native American elder activist, uh, Nathan Phillips, coincidentally. They named the public square in front of City Hall after him. Uh, anyway, and he was banging on a drum, and it looked like they were laughing at him and smirking, and uh, what ensued was this blowback of... Phenomenal proportions, uh, citing these kids as uh, privileged white kids who needed to be punched in the face. These were like commentators in mainstream media saying this in their Twitter uh, feeds and so on and so forth. And so I'm going to ask Kevin Gadette this story and how it was initially presented, because it turns out now the broader context of an hour shows you these kids effectively didn't really do anything. They were confronted by the native elder banging on the drum in their faces. They were also uh, being... uh, taunted and uh, sworn at and intimidated by another group called uh, the Hebrew Israelites, a black group, uh, black whatever they are, activists or whatever. But does does it reflect the fact that they, these kids were made to be the villains in the piece, reflect the bias in the mainstream media and how it reports? And now that we know different uh, in terms of the story being played out and fully investigated, it may lend credence to that meme about fake news. How do you see it? Well, I think it's more than just fake news. I think it's a bit of a, a modern McCarthyism for, quote-unquote, non-progressive or conservative-type issues or people or activities where we have too many people in the media who have their biases reinforced and they rush to judgment because it reinforces their bias. Oh, this is a privileged white kid uh, attacking a native. I'm going to run with that and create a story and go hard on the kid without bothering to do any due diligence or any research. Well, are you saying then the, the, the trigger here was the fact these kids, some of whom, including one of the kids who was widely posted on uh, various media feeds wearing a Make America Great Again red ball cap? I don't think there's any doubt that that's a huge part of it. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, you know, because it, it's okay to hate on Trump supporters, you know, less so than almost anybody else, whether or not it's ISIS or ISIL or, or, or somebody at a communist rally. You know, that's all okay today, but somebody wears a Trump hat or works for a Trump administration and you can, I mean, you can threaten to beat them up and, and, and burn down their houses. But there's right. clearly an, an element of that, but to, in defense of the, um, of, of the media, Part of the problem, and we're seeing so much of this in so many stories, and we've talked about it before, is um, the rush to judgment in part is because of the rise of social media and the fact that stories come out so quickly. And so what happens is people don't even have the time to fully and don't, and in some cases don't bother because there may be that bias, uh, but don't investigate, don't get into it, don't have the resources or the time to do it. And so there's been a dumbing down of media. It's not so much uh, fake 
uh, news as it's diminished uh, news because we've stripped the resources out of it. The economics of it have changed incredibly, and the time cycle of getting a story out has shrunk to the microsecond, and that is leading to a lot of really bad decisions. Well, all right, and one of the bad decisions was a rush to judgment or drawing conclusions based on a Make America Great Again ball cap being worn by the kid, so it has its own sort of... uh, powerful whatever it's a trigger it's a trigger to some people but the sad part is to the mainstream media who didn't want to investigate didn't care to because they were all too uh quick with the plug and play narrative that the kid must be some kind of a you know a a hater a hater just by virtue of you know wearing the cap and uh, standing there being confronted by a Native American elder. And what worries me about this is that there was no sort of deepening in the context, and there were plenty of ways to be able to do that in between the time that this uh, action happened and at the time it was reported on the news. Because when I saw it on NBC that night, it was still reporting on that same vein that these kids provoked this Native American, and uh, it was because they were wearing their mega hats, and it's because they were being disrespectful. Respectful. When the whole thing is that when you actually step back and looked at it, it wasn't that at all. And I think some of the factors that drove that, John, is that the way, and it's totally by happenstance, the way that the pictures of that incident came together. And the one big one is obviously that one high school junior uh, and, and the Indian elder, and it made for a very compelling photo op. And so nobody looked beyond that op and actually... Went and talked to that kid, or went and investigated the the incident further. Well, you know, why, wait, what, let me stop you there. Why did nobody do that? The mainstream media is uh, supposed to be able to. Uh, so this, uh, well, this is this is the issue, and I think it's, it's right to what Kevin said. Well, what, mean, do, what do they pick up the plug and play narrative in a superficial way? They should be better than that, shouldn't so, they? As journalists, well, they should Fo- be. Following on, 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 I mean, I agree with Alyssa. Following on Rocco's thoughts, though, it, it strikes me that. Journalists today are too seldom journalists. They're, in effect, commentators. So their story selection, their language of stories, headline writing, uh, language, words, tone, all are imbued with, if not just outright opinions. They don't just report on the news anymore, like in a Walter Conkright-type fashion. It's it's all imbued with their own... it's, It's really all infotainment like the death of news at all. And it's also driven a lot by Twitter. So the first commentary starts to come out on Twitter. And then the commentary doesn't filter into the news process, which is A, asking questions and looking at the broader context. Feeds on itself. It actually feeds on itself. So if you listen to the news reports that followed on the heels of all the tweets coming out, there was they were not dissimilar. And only when people actually took a step back, literally took a step back and looked at the wider context of what was happening in that area, do we get start to get the full picture? We we actually just created a news story from a small frame, which which became a meme of sorts, instead of creating and creating the context and asking the questions in order to really report on the story. Well, and that's part of the problem too, I guess, the competitive nature of news gathering. Uh, but there is that axiom: get it first, but first get it right. Yes. And uh, there's a dark day or a dark chapter uh, for mainstream media having gone off half cocked and not knowing the reality of the story 
And it just lends more credence again to uh, this meme of fake news. Uh, If this is the way they're presenting it, they've shown great irresponsibility in that regard, and it uh, does undermine their credibility. 100%. I I believe. Uh, Well, we'll leave on that note. Actually, no, I'm going to ask you one final thing here around the horn real fast because the Canada Food Guide came out with new recommendations, (laughs) and they say eat more greens, drink water as your choice of beverage, stay away from sugar, salt, unsaturated fats, and blah, 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 the rest of it. But the red meat is in decline. They feel you can make up your proteins with uh, nuts and uh, grains and tofu and so on and so forth. Kevin Gaudette, uh, would you invite a vegan to a barbecue? I would love to eat barbecued vegan. Thank you. Would you? Sure, why not? A barbecued I, vegan. Wait, are you saying you would have barbecued the vegan? <laughs> you said a vegan barbecue. Sorry, are vegans no, not being barbecued? No, well, look, no, I think no. we should grab a cow, give it a kiss. Thank you very much. And uh, with respect to the food guide, we could scrap that whole department and just issue one statement which says everything in moderation, including moderation. All right, Rocco, can you improve on that? No, that uh, says it all. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm glad you concur. Uh, It meets my timeline. I will pick up on that as one of the issues we'll discuss next hour. Jay Grant's going to join us, the host of The Unlikely Vegan. In a moment, though, we'll find out about cybersecurity and how smart technology gets you to continue paying long after the point of sale. What you'll need to know is coming up into Hour 3 of The Oakley Show. We thank our panel, Alyssa Freeman, Kevin Gaudet, and Rocco Rossi. We'll do it next time on The Oakley Show. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.